the Pro Wrestling Bowl. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you, because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three, and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82 Designs. 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, Go to four82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's a light years better than our first one. Also, we survived the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. Welcome back to Working Fans Podcast. We are bringing you a special Money in the Bank review episode brought to you by the Pro Wrestling Vault, Volume 1, and Lance by Chance, written by Vinnie Berry, available at WrestleVille.com. Available on Amazon.com, we have Super Vows and Pade De written by friend of the show, Kevin Kelton, as well as I'll Be Here All Week by Ward Anderson and Ward's stand-up special, Kind of Sort of Grown Up. If you are on Facebook, you can check out New Heights Wrestling as well as on YouTube. And tonight, me and AJ Strangebrew are here to talk about Money in the Bank, which just concluded about 15 minutes or so ago. And very interesting event. It started off with the ladies money in the bank ladder match and aj what did you think of this match i thought the match was great i thought that it had a great flow to it a lot of action to it this was the one that was hardest to pick to be honest with you through the course of the night although later on we'll talk about how the men's became harder to pick but it definitely was a challenge to figure out who's gonna win this i thought alexa bliss was gonna win it but i'm happy with the results go live morgan yeah now how long has raquel rodriguez been doing that almost tessa blanchard pose but instead of looking over her shoulder she just flexes her whole back she's been doing that for a while in nxt i mean it was her thing they would come out and it would be dakota kai would look forward and she would pose with uh belt on backwards and do that back pose yeah one thing i noticed was when raquel went to pick up the ladders with the two ladies on it i guess Liv was a little too heavy because one side went up fine 
she's picking up with the girl on it. And then Liv's side, she just barely got her up and then gave up on the spot altogether. The problem was where she was on the ladder wasn't directly center. So she yeah. had a easier time picking up one end than the other. If you're going to do a stunt like that, you got to make sure you're smack dab in the center. We'll practice later, me, you, and Dave. <laughs> now, this match went 16 minutes, 34 seconds. Liv Morgan won. I wrote down hell of an opener because I really didn't expect this match to blow me away like it did. Every woman in that ring worked their ass off. They are all great at what they do. How unselfish is Becky Lynch? She is just giving it to everybody right now and giving everybody the rub. So that's freaking awesome. Yes. Now, this was followed up by a Cody rehab video because originally he had been broadcast to be on this show and then later wasn't. So they had to get him in a little bit. And a thing they did, I noticed before most matches on this show, is they'd have a video of the feud leading up to the match and then the match which helped because I haven't been watching the weekly TV. So when they ran this video for Theory and Lashley, I was like, one, thank you, because I didn't know shit about this. And two, it got me a little more hyped for a match. I think it did well. I don't usually like packages like this because, to be honest with you, most wrestling fans know what's going on. Now, you and I, we don't watch quite as much WWE as the average fan watching these pay-per-views just because they haven't put a product on lately that has caught my eye. So the packages did help out this time. Normally, it just pisses me off though yeah now i noticed there was an almost botch during this match with theory coming off the apron on the lashley's shoulders i mean lashley recovered but it could have been a little messy lashley's one of the few human beings that is strong enough to have a botch with a 245 pound man on your shoulders and still just be able to press out of it and not have to worry about it what i liked about this match is theory really looked like he belonged in there with lashley even though he was taking some underhanded tactics i wrote didn't see that coming because I did not expect Lashley to get the win but we will get into why that most likely happened later in the show but Theory is amazing for his age if I compare Theory his in-ring ability is where MJF's promo abilities are given their age. You know, like they're advanced as performers, but they're still so young. We got to remember, as 18, 19 years old, he was an evolved champion. We got to see him at that point in his career, and he was already doing really well. He has really shown what he can do over the last couple of years. And I think because we've seen him for so long coming from Evolve, we forget how young he is. Thankfully, he keeps telling us over and over again that he was the youngest United States heavyweight champion. So that helped a little bit. Now, Lashley got the win, like I said, 11 minutes. I didn't expect this match to stand out as much as it did. I knew it'd be good, but like I was like, wow, these first two matches on this show are going amazing. Yeah, if there's any criticism of the match, it would be that Theory is too athletic. Sometimes he needs to not help Lashley as much. He's got to realize when he's in there with somebody that you don't have to help them quite as much because he would kind of spring into things a little bit. And because of Lashley's strength and how athletic he he is sometimes they would end up over tossing each other because of that situation so there was a little bit of rough spots in there due to the fact that he's so athletic but i thought overall the match was fantastic after this match they had a Liv morgan backstage video and this led oh this was followed by a biography wwe legends season two which is coming out july 10th with the undertaker the bella twins i believe wrestlemania one because i think i saw it as wrestlemania one on the commercial and then when i looked it up on the website it just said wrestlemania you got goldberg Rey mysterio angle luger dx edge how do you feel about 
did you watch the first season of Biography? I did. I, I like biographies to begin with. I'm one of those nerdy people that will watch a biography, not just on wrestling, but on basically anyone. Like, oh, we've got Joe the Plumber. Listen to the life story. I'm like, oh, this is fascinating. So when you do it about wrestling, it becomes even more intangible to me. So you'll be definitely watching this season then. Oh, absolutely. And it looks like great shows. Another interesting show that they had for a commercial for tonight was the dinner for, instead of doing dinner for three, they're doing The Undertaker with his posse there, where they're all going to sit down and talk about road stories and where they've been, and they drink and have the meal that way. That looks like it's going to be a really fun show on the Peacock Network. This biography commercial was followed by a Ms. video package, and then a Bianca Carmella video package. And what I noticed was there was only, I think it was like six matches on this show so they really had time for the video packages and i believe i texted you in the middle of the Miz one and go oh thank god i was really hoping to see a Miz biography tonight yeah and it was weird <laughs> because it's like it's fine when the video relates to the match right after it but it's almost like you guys could have padded this with like another match or something you could have done something to fill this time other than with these bonus packages. Like, I get the biography one. Fit that in there. Like you said, the table for five later on in the show. Something like that. But if people aren't on the show, I don't know if we need video packages to remember them. No, and they did the same thing. I understand they did the Jake Paul package also where they want to show us, hey, we got this big signing. They did um, Logan look who Paul we've got. Yeah, Logan Paul, sorry, night. not Jake Paul. So this led into the WWF Raw Women championship match Bianca Belair versus Carmella I haven't seen Carmella in so long that she didn't look bad in the ring so she's in there with Bianca who looks strong as hell and just super impressive so here's the funny thing is when I was writing notes while I'm watching this one of the first things I wrote down is huh Carmella doesn't look like complete shit that's unusual so I agree with you on that 100%. I thought Carmella's been putting in some work. I think she's improved a lot in the ring. And I think her character was good. I think she plays a snotty bitch pretty well. Graves plays his part horribly. Oh, absolutely. Oh, no. He, oh. he just lays it on thick. Like, you could tell what his direction is and why he does it, but it's just too much. Now, one thing that it doesn't get brought up about Car- Carmella a lot, she's a second generation wrestler. Yeah. And she may be the only second generation wrestler I know of that never gets the credit. And she didn't deserve it until maybe recently. In fairness, her father was more of an enhancement talent. So that might be why they don't bring it up quite as much. Her father was a little bit higher of a level wrestler than Cameron Grimes' father, but because he did work a lot for the WWE. However, he was an enhancement talent in the Northeast. After Bianca won the match, there was a Carmella post-match attack. The match went 7 minutes, 13 seconds and this was followed by a SummerSlam July 30th Nashville commercial and then followed like you said by the Logan Paul video. What did you think of the Logan Paul signing this week when it was announced? I think it's a great signing he's athletic, he obviously loves wrestling I know a lot of people either, he's very polarizing, either people love him or they hate him. I don't actually care either way about him, he doesn't really bother me if he's going to go out there and you know fight these old UFC legends or whatever and former football players players and make a dollar that way i'm not going to knock the guy for it he still has to get punched in the face at the end of the day to do it and now he's willing to put in work for the wwe they show him training all the time so good for him well isn't it his brother that takes 
more of those kind of celebrity boxing matches? It is. Jake is more likely to do it. He's That's why a couple up. though, right? Like yeah, I, don't, he, I can't yeah, he keep up with who does which. They both seem to do some, but yeah. I it was a weird signing at first because I'm like, oh, you're just bringing in a celebrity. But if you look at how well he did during WrestleMania. And then you consider the fact that that's a name that they could really use. And it's going to draw spa- people. Yeah. If it's used sparingly enough, it could bring eyes to the product. I just don't want to see him shoved down our throat right away. Let him still put in the work. Let him still do what he's got to do to get the reps in and use them sparingly. And I, I think it's going to be good for the WWE. This was followed by Alexa Bliss backstage. How did Lily buy all this stuff? And... <laughs> I saw a commercial coming a mile away. I thought it was for the WWE shop and that I was much sadder when I realized it was the WWE credit card. This sounded like it got booed coming out of the commercial. I thought it was pretty bad. Yeah, it it was definitely bad. But uh, how good can a commercial involving a WWE credit one card and a doll possibly be? This would have been less disappointing on Raw. Like when you're watching it on one of these premium live events, this is another thing where it's like you're just padding it a little too much. Oh, I agree with you. Well, the problem is, is it takes away from the flow of the card. I think you and I will agree at the end of this that the matches themselves were not bad matches matches tonight the only problem with it is is the flow when you watch an aew pay-per-view and when we watch those cards the one thing throughout the show is it keeps the flow going it keeps the, the excitement going and it's a different feel to it i was thinking about it even during the carmella one i'm like that's not as bad as i thought but the yeah. next match the wwe undisputed tag team championships the usos versus the street profits i wrote down this was my match of the night so far and i stole, think it might stole my the show the night overall i think we can agree i know dave agrees with me ftr right now is the best tag team in the world i mean obviously that can be argued however this tag match tonight was outstanding the uso showed why they are as good as they are and the street profit stayed with them one of the things we noticed was the amount of size that montez ford has put on he's got to have put on at least 20 to 25 pounds of muscle in his upper body that's what they were saying i haven't like i said i haven't watched the tv product in a while so i was surprised to see that because one of the knocks on him is always being a smaller guy now he also looked more serious once the match started like they were doing their usual goofy not goofy but carefree entrance they walked through the crowd like they did in nxt this match was highly entertaining like i told you the line of the night was the gold has been showered over the bloodline for some time that was a mcafee line that amazing that he can get that on one of these events only pat mcafee's getting away with that if any other announcer says that line they might be let go at the end of the night definitely now the usos won this in 2301 one but not without some dispute do you think there's going to be a rematch or some kind of follow-up to this based on the shoulder gimmick at the end of the match now if you were booking correctly there would definitely be a follow-up to this why even do this if you're not going to have a follow-up to it however i will remind you this is the wwe and we don't always have follow-through on storylines 
So it might go absolutely nowhere, but I have a feeling that they're going to use this to get another match with the Usos. And I do think that the Street Profits are going to be coming to an end soon. I think this match would make sense as a rematch at SummerSlam, but it could most likely just be on a Raw or SmackDown before that. That's where I think the WWE could definitely drop the ball on this. Yeah, with WWE, you never know where they're going to make bad booking decisions that's kind of the fun in watching where will they fuck up this one now after this they have the table for five with the bone street crew which it sounds like is available now the way they it is about it okay and this was followed by a kevin owens promo video which is another one that i was like why are we playing this and when the main event came around and there was a surprise eighth person announced i initially thought it would be him based on this video but my mind went in a different area with that i was thinking randy orton when they first said that okay the kevin owens video was followed by a weird promo video that has people talking i have an idea and i've seen two opinions so far who it could be what do you think about this video my first thought and this is just what popped into my head when i first saw it was edge coming back to go after the people who took him out obviously it can go in other directions but that was my first thought because there was religious symbolism in it there was different feels to it see my first thought was that group that he had and i couldn't remember the name of them and then by the sounds of the video and just the way it was cut together i got a bray wyatt type feel now he has trademarked things but he's trademarked them under his new gimmick or his gimmick that is non-wwe persona so i don't expect to see him back in the wwe just based on what he has actually trademarked lately there were weird like sounds during the thing that sounded like Wyatt sounds but then i saw somebody else put up on social media that during the promo there was like a latino heat license plate on fire there was somebody else's sunglasses and there was the hardy's armbands in the video so it kind of leads towards what you were saying about it being edge. Yeah, that's uh, and that's just what like I said, that's what popped into my head. Nobody else who they have right now really makes that much more sense to me. But that's just me. Now that was followed by a Natalia Ronda Ronda Rousey promo video, which was followed by the WWE SmackDown's Women Championship match, Ronda Rousey versus Natalia. What did you think of this match? Okay, so. I didn't have a lot of expectations going into this match just because I am not the big Ronda Rousey fan that some people are. I think that her that she does try in the ring. I think she cares, but her style sometimes just comes across a little sloppy and a little uh, dangerous for my liking, to be honest with you. And it might not even be dangerous. It might just appear that way. So I'm not her biggest fan. However, that being said, I thought they did deliver. I thought they delivered a solid match. There was the usual spots where it looks like they're just not connecting in a Rousey match. However, overall, I thought it was one of the better matches that she's had. And I mean, when you're in there with somebody like Natalia Hart, how do, how, how do you not? Now, Natalia looked dominant. Rousey paying homage. It looked like Deshaun Michaels when she had Natalia in that sharpshooter. There were some great submission reversals near the end. Yeah. But Ronda gets the win. 
1232. By the way, they they announced in there, it's Bret Hart's birthday today. So happy birthday to the hitman. Also, 15th anniversary of Natalia actually being with the company. So mm-hmm. we had John Cena's 20th anniversary. Now we've got Natalia's 15th anniversary. This match, after it's over, over, Liv Morgan cashes in the Money in the Bank briefcase. And 32 seconds later, she is the SmackDown's women's champion. All I wrote down was that happened quick. And it's one of two ways the money in the bank can go, right? You either have this long drawn out thing where where will they cash it in? And that one you tend to get a longer match out of. And then you got these cash ins where you cash it in the night that you win it. And it's a very quick win, which I guess would make sense since they've already been in the ring. But to me, it just kind of diminishes the whole money in the bank thought. If Liv Morgan had a long match with Ronda Rousey, I don't think there's any way they put her over. So I'm glad that they did what they did. I, mean, I agree with you that it does diminish it all together. However, Liv did a great job of setting this up by talking earlier in the night about, hey, I've got all the way till WrestleMania. This could be my WrestleMania moment. So she kind of built it up a little bit there. So I think there was a little bit more surprise. I don't think anybody expected Liv Morgan to cash in on Ronda Rousey. See, I heard it. And the second I see her come out, I'm like, what's all this bullshit about saving it till WrestleMania? But it makes sense. But I just, maybe I just wasn't the biggest. But but I also got nervous. I mean, I I sent you a text that said, this is stupid. Because I thought they were going to have Ronda Rousey just tap her out when she put her in the ankle lock. I was like, no. It was a weird 32 second match. Like you thought Ronda had it at first and then it just went completely the other way. So maybe it did have some value to it. I am happy for Liv Morgan. Nobody, I don't think anybody can actually say Liv Morgan doesn't deserve it. All the stories about how big of a fan she is. She was a huge Lita fan growing up. Michael Cole, the story of her running into him at the SmackDown years ago, nine years ago and saying, hey, I just signed with NXT. I'm going to be a women's champion. The fact that she had to sleep with NXT Enzo along the way. There's so many prices that she paid to get to this level. After this, they ran a quick video for the Great American Bash, which is main evented by Braun Breaker versus Cameron Grimes. Kind of like that NXT uses the Great American Bash, but this is the first year under the new NXT, and I don't know how sentimental I'm going to be about that Great American Bash name. I mean, at least you have somebody on there in Braun Breaker whose father wrestled on a Great American Bash, so I guess that's kind of cool, but I don't really overly care for the matchup. If they put Cameron Grimes over on this great American bash and he gets the NXT title, then I'll absolutely love this show because I love Cameron Grimes. Now we got two more videos, Drew McIntyre and a Roman Brock video before the main event, the men's money in the bank ladder match. And just as the match is about to start, Theory is added to the match. And the confusion of that threw off the first few minutes of the match for me. I wasn't really into it because I'm like, oh, this is what we're doing. Like, So once they added him, I think I had the same gut feeling that you had. Oh, crap. They're going to put it on this kid. They really are pushing him to the moon. Not only does he look like Cena, <laughs> not only is he moving like Cena, I, although he's far more athletic, I think, than John Cena overall. But it's one of those things where I just knew where it was going the moment they announced him. The only notes I had during this, because there was so much action, Madcap looks like a beast without the suspenders and without Happy Corbin. He looks almost as good as he did when he was initially in NXT as Riddick Moss. Yeah, they... 
obviously they need to get away from that madcap crap. This guy's a hell of an athlete. He's a tough guy. I mean, he landed on his neck and head in that freaking match and tonight again, similar to what he did a, a few months ago against Drew McIntyre. And his he's just tough as can be. I like this kid. Yes. Now Riddle did the floating bro off the top of the ladder. <laughs> Everybody... Using all the other participants to put almost through the table, I thought was a good spot. It was yeah. an RKO off the top of the ladder. There was so many wild things. Oh, I didn't even talk about this in the ladies match. But when Liv, her ladder's getting tipped over and she just puts her foot on the top rope and pushes her ladder back up. That was one of the greatest endings to a match I had ever seen. Yeah, it was a great spot and it was great coordination, but this match had similar things. I mean, you saw some great athleticism in it. Seth Rollins was a bumping machine. He's also on fire as always. Omos looks like a monster in there. How much was the crowd behind Drew McIntyre? They were definitely like, when he was going up for it, I'm like, wow, I can't believe they still want to go for this guy. He feels like a year or two past the prime of when it should have been. It's funny. that It's almost like the WWE, he carried the cross for him during covid gave him everything he had and the wwe has just been shitting on him since but the crowd still wants him and theory wins in 25 30 even though that was kind of a disappointing end to the night i still thought overall the card was a lot better than i expected now before we get into our match of the night a twitter poll where i asked what the best match tonight would be at money in the bank and just before the event 10 votes the men's money in the bank led the usos and street profits tied with other and the women's was the fourth place now what the hell was other match you can only put up four no i know (laughs) so usually and it's tough because you almost wonder what other match do they think would have it for me i really I expected the men's money in the bank to be the match of the night, but it was definitely the tag match. I thought the tag match was too. I didn't think much about it beforehand. I thought it would be one of the many, one of the money in the bank matches, to be honest with you. I figured it would be one of the two. The women's looked like, because how many great competitors are in the women's one? I thought that might steal the show just because you have such great talent in there. But I definitely thought ahead of time, the men's money in the bank ladder match would be it. But the tag match to me did everything. It stole, it stole the night. Even when Michael Cole was like, this could go to a Broadway. I was like, yes, it could. (laughs) I mean, I haven't been watching TV, WWE TV lately, but this this premium live event, I thought blew it out of the water. So AJ, thank you for joining me to talk about this tonight. And guys, we will see you again later. All right. So that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's workingfanswrestlingpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, workingfanswrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 